Good morning. Uh, December 3rd, about 37 degrees. It's uh, around 6.30 a.m. It's nice. I mean, 37 degrees isn't warm, but given that last week I was complaining about 23, I got no complaints now. Having a really rough time getting up and moving, though. I'll tell you that. I said I'd tell you that. I think I might be sick. I mean, not the, uh, you know, massive strange monkey pox that I've been dealing with for whatever. But, I mean, basic, I think I got a cold kind of sick. Because... <coughs> I am just tired all the time. Hungry all the time, too. I've uh, dropped down below 200 pounds, and I've maintained that. So, that's pretty cool. Mr. Jasper here, for some reason, keeps wanting to walk on my left side. Okay, figured out the reason. No? Alright, he changed his mind. Uh, guess that spot was not suitable. So anyway, um, yeah, I had a lot of trouble. I mean, yesterday was bad. I think I got maybe 300 words total. Today, I think I got about 800, and it was pulling teeth just to get that. It was, uh, I don't know, just having a real rough time with the early mornings. I'm sure part of it is because I slept in over the four-day weekend. Hopefully that's all it is. Now, get it back. But... You know, 800 words, not terrible. Not as good as a thousand, not as bad as none. And the important thing is that I did get up and I did stay up. I didn't, I didn't just smack snooze and go back to it or anything. So, gotta push. I uh, figured out how to sideload apps onto the Google Glass, so that's kind of cool. I can turn off the auto brightness, which, given how dark it is, means that I've got a little sliver of light at the top of my eye. Uh, I can, I mean, the auto, auto brightness is just hitting the glass as hard as I can, going like, it's so dark! Must make light. Uh, so yeah, it also turns off Wi-Fi. turns off Bluetooth. 
I mean, togglesome. And those are things that I could get through the settings anyway, but it's nice being able to just say, you know, okay, glass toggle Bluetooth. That's kind of cool. I only mention it because it is my fervent hope that this will help with our recordings cutting out. I use basically a full charge every time I go for a walk. And I'm hoping that'll get better. I also put... Oh, yeah, we got the cool new music thing on there. I got Google Play Music on here. Yesterday, just on a lark, just to show how it worked, I said, okay, Glass, listen to Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. It's worth noting, I do not have the Mary Poppins soundtrack on my, you know, playlist or any of my... I haven't uploaded it, basically. So it just went out and found it, started playing it, told me where it was, and... I'm sure in one of the options it showed me how to buy it. So anyway, that was cool. It was kind of funny. I was thinking I would listen to it. You know, I walked for about a quarter mile before I start this recording. Uh, I was thinking I would start music player while I was walking and then once I start recording shut off the music player but when I first started my walk first thing I did was shut off Bluetooth and Wi-Fi so oops no network no music no songs for you I'm not complaining. I mean, I can switch it back on and get music anytime I want, which is really cool. I mean, it's got everything that Google Play has. I can actually get radio stations. I pick a song, and it'll build a radio station based on that song. Of course, when I say radio station, I mean that in the the new fashion, where a radio station is just a collection of songs, most of which you haven't heard, as compared to the old definition, which was a frequency you would tune to. These days, any random playlist is called a, a radio, so long as it is drawing randomly from a pool. I am sleepy. Speaking of glass, I've noticed that I've recently moved into the next level of Explorer. 
where cool it's the time I was prepared morning, morning. So uh, I have become one of those explorers who is sick of answering that question. Is that, what is that? What is that on your head? I've started to figure I have different answers for different questions. For instance, if they ask, is that Google Glass? Then I know automatically, at least they have a baseline level of understanding of what I'm wearing. More often than not, I get the, what is that thing on your head? And I need to come up with a good patter. I need to write something out describing succinctly what it is and how it works. Mostly because I want to be able to memorize that instead of trying to encapsulate the entire experience and it's really cool. Which is what I find I've ended up doing. I got to the point where it's not a big deal to me to explain it to people anymore. I'm just like, eh, yes, it's Google Glass, leave me alone. And I don't want to do that. I want to help promote this. I want to help it become a ubiquitous thing. So, I figure if I've got a rote speech already prepared, I've got a better chance of explaining it to people, engaging them without without having to come up with something every time, something new every time. I always feel like I'm boring them. I've said it a million times, but of course this is a new person. They haven't heard it. I really think Google should subsidize us for going out to eat. Because every time I go out to eat, there's a restaurant patron, a waiter, or somebody wants to see it, wants to ask questions about it, wants to wear it. That is more egocentric. This would be an awesome tool for me. There was one point where we were in a Panera, and I was explaining it to a bunch of kids who were studying for a uh, nursing exam or something. And I'm trying to describe it. And so, as an example, I uh, said, okay, Glass, Google cats. And then, Morning. 
then I, uh, with the cat's picture showing on the tiny little screen, I leaned in to one of them and said, here, look, if you look close, you can see the cat on the little screen. And she leaned in, she looked close, and then it suddenly hit me. I just know there are guys out there who are going to use this to get dates. Because if I was still looking, that would be such a great opening line. Here, lean in, take a look. So, not for me, but if any of you budding Lotharios have then have Google Glass and the will to do so, there you go. There's your opening. Of course, it probably helped that she trusted me because I'm there with my family and, you know, I'm an old man. So I'm much more trusting. It's weird, I can't figure out where I fit in society exactly. The biker jacket, the bald head, the earring, this sort of thing makes me really uh, useful in uh, problems with customer service. At the same time, you just smile at people and suddenly they see you as like a Grizzly Adams biker dude kind of thing. He's the friendly old time biker who dispenses homespun wisdom while keeping all the younger hotheads under control. I'd probably have a better analogy if I watched Sons of Anarchy, but I don't. I keep thinking I should. They've got, um, oh, what's his name? Hellboy, City of Lost Children. Cannot think of his name. He's in Pacific Rim. Len. Anyway. It'll probably come to me as soon as I stop the recording and then I'll want to desperately fix it. Too bad. Anyway, I understand Sons of Anarchy has him and a lot of people seem to like it. So I should, I should probably give it a try. I'm still working my way through Breaking Bad though. God, I love that show. Every single episode is just art. If you ever read the Lester Dent formula for success, he'll tell you that in your first 1,500 words, you introduce the character, you introduce all other characters, and you start off by hitting the character with something. Possibly a truck. Just give him some terrible problem to deal with. He deals with it. 
gets back up on his feet, finds some clue that leads him to the second three thousand, uh, the second fifteen hundred words. Where again, you hit him out of nowhere. Oh no, I didn't expect that. Physical violence. Bad guy runs away, or he kills minor bad guy leading up to major bad guy, whatever, and finds another clue, which leads him to, boom, even more problems heaped upon him. Basic message that Lester Dent gives across is things should get progressively worse for your protagonist. And that's true in all of them. I mean, you look at uh, The Hunger Games. Starts off with the big concern being, will I live through a game? Catching fire. Big concern being, can we take down the game? And then, I actually haven't seen the next movie, but let's face it, it's going to be all out rebellion. So, yeah. Ender's Game starts off with trying to be the smartest kid in class in a class full of geniuses. Then it moves to playing a game that you have to win every time. Well, you don't, but Ender is driven like that. It goes all the way up to simulated fighter pilots to the big fight, but it keeps getting bigger and bigger the whole way through the book. So yeah, I think that's one of the goals of writing, is to constantly hit your characters with a more difficult problem than they had before. And Breaking Bad does that incredibly well. I mean, I'm in season four. Jesse is just basically ready to kill himself. If he doesn't do it, Gus is ready to kill him. Walt is leveraging his whole family and his own life to keep Jesse working with him. And I'm going to go ahead and say this now. I don't know that it's true because I haven't seen all the episodes, but my personal guess is that Jesse is Walt's illegitimate son. I think Walt knows it. And he's been trying to uh, protect Jesse from the beginning, even at the expense of other people. Which, from a morality standpoint, makes no sense, unless he was family. 
Family's different. Anyway, so yeah, they're just heaping more and more problems on them. Every now and then they toss them a bone, like tricking the car wash out from under the original owner, or Gus installs a video camera, but it means that he doesn't have someone watching them. And things get a little bit more back to normal, but we know they aren't. We know they won't be for very long. And I love Mike. Mike is such an amazing character. His very amorality makes him an incredibly powerful character. He sees everything that's going on. He knows just how bad the people he's working for is. And he knows he's not a bad guy. He's an ex-cop and he's got just a little bit of the uh, wanting truth and justice to prevail going on there. All the same, he works for bad people and he does a good job at it. That level of detachment is really well represented. <sighs> anyway, all right, so what did we do yesterday? We bought ornaments for the tree. We put the tree up the other day. It looks very pretty. I should probably post some pictures. Jasper, sit. Stay. Good boy, stay. Good boy. Stick, sit, stay. Good doggy. Okay. Yeah, I think uh, Sunday we put up the tree and the different uh, can't think of the word now decorations. We were at Hobby Lobby yesterday. <laughs> if you uh, if you haven't been watching, Hobby Lobby's in a bit of a bind. They are. Apparently very religious. I was not aware of that. I go to a store, I don't ask what God the store follows. Uh, but yeah, apparently there's part of the uh, Affordable Health Care Act that says they have to uh, they have to pay for birth control or they have to pay for abortions. I forget what. And. Uh, they are claiming religious uh, exemption because of it. And, I don't know. I just knew it from the story because Twitter started making all kinds of fun of them. And it was kind of funny. With the uh, 
According to Levitican law, you will not find wool and polyester clothes here at Hobby Lobby. Get your sin fabric somewhere else. That kind of thing. Or get your Satan fabric somewhere else. The, uh... Anyway, so we ended up at Hobby Lobby. And we were there pretty late because we went after dinner. And, uh... So they kept telling us, you know, Hobby Lobby will close at 8 o'clock. Hobby Lobby will close at 8 o'clock. This is at like 7.45, so okay, yeah, we're getting our purchases and we're getting up to the cashier, sorry. And every time they read out that announcement, they gave the hours for every day and then said in an almost angry tone, closed on Sundays. And it was like, open 8 to 8, Monday through Saturday, closed on Sundays. And now, I don't know if it's just because I've been reading the uh, Twitter feud and paying attention to that news or what, but it was really kind of funny to see the, or what I thought was passive-aggressive. So, anyway. I don't know, man. Honestly, those stories don't bother me so much. Ones that bother me are like, it's a woman who had breast cancer. So, as part of dealing with her the remainder of her life because this was inoperable she expected she was going to die eventually I mean we all do but she had a bit more of a clock she was preparing for so uh, she told Wells Fargo that due to all the medical expenses she was going to need to refinance her mortgage Wells Fargo said, and I know they do this because they did this to me. When I lost my job and I tried to contact them about the same kind of thing, they said to me, you have to miss three payments before we can make any change of that sort. So they did that to me. They did that to her. Then after three payments, they declared her delinquent, foreclosed on her house, and kicked her out. So this woman with breast cancer is living out of her car, staying with friends when she can, and has no fixed address. Because she now has no fixed address, Medicare can't get in touch with her. She can't get oxygen. She can't get her benefits. She can't get any of that. And so she dies. I'm not so worried about the Obamacare thing because I feel like it's a whole nation that's going to be dealing with this. We're going to have the elderly 
that are having problems, if there are problems. We're going to have pediatricians unable to help people if there are problems. And mothers with children, man, there's no better political party. So, uh, the way I figure it, the ACA is going to shake out. I do feel that it was ramrodded as an attempt to socialize medicine, but honestly, I don't care. Partially because it's hard to say that it was pushed through Congress when you consider that this is like the worst Republican Congress we've ever had. I'll tell you, when it started out, I loved the Tea Party. The whole ideas behind it, the the libertarian stuff, it was great. But it has lost its damn mind. And unfortunately, libertarians are going to be uh, within the Republican block of votes. So, Republicans are basically going to own them. Okay, that's a puppy. But at the same time, Ted Cruz has shown that the uh, Tea Party also owns the Republicans. So, they are the most difficult group to work with. Morning. I mean, don't get me wrong. The, uh, the Republicans would be fighting them anyway. But the scorched earth policy they have I'm just saying, it's it's unfair to say it was pushed through Congress when you consider that Congress won't get anything passed unless it's pushed through. They have to start gutting filibuster just to get appointments. Anyway, I'm getting political. Don't mean to, sorry. Well, there's a good sign. We just hit 30 minutes on the recording and just now got the low battery. So I'm thinking our little battery trick is working out. So yay. Still sleepy, still really hungry. But I got 800 words this morning. And I got two miles walked. Ali said that it's really good for the dogs. They seem to both be more energetic, more playful, more happy. So that's good. I'm glad to... I'm glad that I'm not just helping me.
still so tired. I got to finish the uh, podcast this week. Got to get those edited. Put up on patio books. I just know I'm going to finish all of them. And people have said it's like one of the most professional podcasts I've ever listened to, which I thought was very nice. But they say the production value is excellent and the reading is great and all that. So, yay. But I just know. I just know it's going to get bounced by patio books. I have never put anything in there that worked the first time. They have always bounced it at least once. So I'll have to, I don't know, change it from dual stereo to stereo or go back and remodulate everything. But I'll tell you, Patio Books is still one of the best marketing tools I have. Hidden Institute, 500 downloads a day. Now, don't get me wrong. That's not like me from old numbers. I get that. But it is pretty impressive for me. 500 downloads a day. I don't think Tumblr is even doing that well. And Tumblr was always my big seller. Excuse me. I realized if I am doing three or four books a year, once I wrap up the Noblesse Oblige series, at least for a time, I'm going to have to come up with something else to write. There was a uh, idea Allie and I bounced around a while back where you... Uh, the story is about Hades. The... Uh, man, my... My head is gone. Greek or Roman god, I forget. The god of the underworld. Hades, who uh, has... It's basically a film noir story about Hades being blamed for the zombie uprising. I mean, when the zombie apocalypse comes, everybody thinks he's responsible. And Zeus is basically willing to trap him until he gives it up, gives up the secret. Which, of course, not having the secret means eternal enslavement. Anyway, I'm, we, we've got the details somewhere else, but it's a fun story. I like the idea of Hades as a reluctant protagonist. I kind of picture him like Sandman from Game and Stories. All right, well, I will talk to you guys later.